Good morning, I'm Claire Kimball. And I'm Larissa Moore. It's Tuesday, the 1st of December. In your squeeze today, Australia demands an apology from China over a social media post. Melbourne gets ready for hotel quarantine 2.0. Charges will be laid over the White Island eruption disaster. And sweeping the Actor Awards. This is your squiz today. Prime Minister Scott Morrison has demanded an apology from China after China's foreign ministry spokesman tweeted a fake image showing an Australian soldier murdering a child relating to the recent allegations of war crimes in Afghanistan. The picture is quite confronting. It's also very provocative, Claire. And last night, a Chinese foreign ministry spokeswoman doubled down on their position saying that Afghan lives matter. That image is very provocative, as you say, uh, and also it really has been uh, surmised by experts to be that China's hostility towards Australia is very deep-rooted. We know there's a lot of tension between China and Australia at the moment, but why have they tweeted such an image? China's point seems to be that they're using that process that Australia is going through to probe claims that Australian soldiers killed Afghan civilians as a point to make. They have said that it exposes the hypocrisy of the human rights and freedoms that Western countries are always chanting. Of course, that ignores accusations that China's committing human rights violations against the Uyghur Muslims in Xinjiang province. China's also turning the screws on Australia by doing this. Uh, of course, there's a series of issues that mm. we have with China and Prime Minister Scott Morrison is finding it very difficult to negotiate China at the moment. As we mentioned, he's called on China to delete the tweet. He's been backed up by opposition leader Anthony Albanese in that. Scott Morrison also said that while there are undoubtedly tensions that exist between China and Australia, this is is not how you deal with them. So it's drawn a big response from our highest level of government. How is that playing out, Claire? There's divided opinion about the government's response. A spokesman from the Lowy Institute, which of course is a preeminent international relations think tank here in Australia, said that we shouldn't be deploying our top asset, being our Prime Minister, to respond to something that essentially is a propaganda post. He said that that plays into their hands. Meanwhile, the Australian strategic Strategic Policy Institute, which is also a think tank with high standing, said that it really does demonstrate that China's soft power is collapsing and that it really is a difficult situation, uh, none of which, of course, soothes Australian exporters' frayed nerves as trade sanctions bite. And there's a lot of questions lingering about what China's endgame really is. We do have a squiz shortcut on the Australia-China relationship, which fills in a bit of the backstory to where we are now. I'll put a link to that in your episode notes. The doctored image at the heart of this latest escalation of tension between China and Australia stems from the Brereton report, that inquiry into alleged war crimes committed by some elite Australian troops in Afghanistan. Defence Chief Angus Campbell has now backed away from a pledge to strip some 3,000 veterans of service award medals in the light of that report. Prime Minister Scott Morrison made it very clear that that was a move that he didn't uh, support and General Campbell has now fallen into line. He says no decisions have yet been made and highlighted the complexity and sensitivity of the issues outlined in the report and that they will need extensive and considered deliberations. 
Victoria's Royal Commission into the Management of Police Informants has now wrapped up, with the Victorian Government prepared to accept all 111 recommendations from that report. This Royal Commission started, Claire, with the Lawyer X scandal, where lawyer Nicola Gobbo acted as a police informant for 14 years. And that Royal Commission has taken some twists and turns along the way from when it was launched in 2018. Of course, this has to do with her defence of many of Melbourne's underworld figures. There are apparently just over a thousand convictions that might have been affected by the arrangement of Nicola Gobbo informing on her clients to police. And that, of course, will have a very long tail of uh, overturning potentially, but also re-looking at a lot of those cases. Still in Victoria and with Melbourne preparing to accept international arrivals again on the 7th of December, Premier Daniel Andrews is preparing for Hotel Quarantine 2.0. He said that his government has learned the lessons out of that second wave and what that means is that Victoria Police will do the heavy lifting uh, in enforcing that quarantine regime with some support from the Defence Force. Uh, What it also means is that when flights resume on the 7th of December that there's that new arrangement in place. While we're on quarantine, South Australian Health did a little bit of backpedalling yesterday over whether a 30-year-old man had breached quarantine by visiting the shops. Turns out he wasn't under a quarantine order as he was a casual contact and so didn't need to quarantine. However, he did test positive, so people who have been in those hotspots are being urged to get tested. And we have a link in the Squiz Today email if you want to double-check where those areas are. And wrapping up today's COVID news, today's the day for Victorians and Sydneysiders to cross the Queensland border freely. It's pretty hot up there right now, so pack your sunscreen. Adelaide is still currently considered a hotspot. Nearly one year on from the disaster, an investigation into the White Island volcano eruption in New Zealand has now wrapped up. 13 parties will face charges, Claire. There are 10 companies that are facing fines of up to 1.5 million New Zealand dollars uh, and also three individuals who face fines of 300,000 New Zealand dollars for failing to ensure that safety standards were met. In the weeks leading up to that disaster, there were signs that an eruption from that volcano was imminent. So lots of questions still from families about how that was allowed to happen. Of course, 14 Australians died in that tragedy, 10 were injured. And as you say, the first anniversary comes up next week. It was the Arias last week. This week, it's the Actors, the Australian Academy of Cinema and Television Arts Awards. A coming-of-age dramedy, drama comedy called Baby Teeth, has taken home nine gongs, Claire. It has. It won all of the Best Film Direction Screenplay Awards as well as all of the Acting Awards, which is a pretty phenomenal Mm. effort. When it came to the TV side of the ledger, Tim Minchin's Upright won Best Comedy Series. I haven't seen that, but it has been on my list to do. Uh, Also taking out a lot of the uh, TV awards was ABC's miniseries Stateless. It, of course, was inspired by the story of Mm. German-Australian woman, Cornelia Rao, who landed in immigration detention when she had a mental illness. That one's on my to-watch list as well. We'll put a full list of the winners in your episode notes, always in the Squiz Today email as well. That's all from us today, Claire. A pinch and a punch for the first day of the month. Oh, 
look, I was giving you a hug and a kiss for the first of the month, but that's okay. We can do a pinch and a punch if you want. <laughs> is it really a hug and a kiss? Is that how it goes? If you want to be nice to people, yes, it is. Flashback. Maybe I wasn't very nice in primary school. <laughs> uh, but actually, speaking of primary school, if you do have some primary school kids who are interested in the news and the world around them, definitely check out our Squiz Kids podcast. It's age-appropriate news delivered with positivity and humour. I'll put a link to that in your episode notes, but just search for Squiz Kids in your podcasting app. Have a good one and we will be back with you tomorrow. The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesquiz.com. A quick message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic dam copper mine. It's happening now at BHP.